1: control
2: in some areas. Hello and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which is a Certified Financial Planner, uh, for those of you who don't know. And I am here with my guest today, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Hi. How are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Um, very good. I'm excited to have you on the show. I would love if you could give us kind of your overview. So where you live, how old you are, partnered, married, job, income, all that jazz.
1: Okay. Well, I'm 32 years old and I just recently moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, but I've been living in New Mexico since September of 2020 now. And I'm actually living with my now ex-fiance slash roommate. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. We're going to have to talk about that. Oh, no. Okay. Also, you are the first person, I believe, from New Mexico. So cheers to that. Yeah. Thank you.
1: I'm actually from Utah. Um, I've lived in Salt Lake my whole life. And so I'm pretty new to New Mexico.
2: Oh, well, I, I live in Salt Lake part of the year now. I love Salt Lake. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
1: me too. I miss it.
2: (laughs) I'm a newer resident. Okay, so sorry, I got so distracted. So 32, living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, newer to New Mexico, Mm -hmm. living with your ex-fiancee who's now your roommate, which we will get into. (laughs) Um, And then, oh dear. Okay, and then uh, what do you do for work and how much do you make?
1: So, I work remotely as an analyst for a mortgage services company and I make $72,000. Perfect. Okay.
2: So, a mortgage, so you're an analyst for a mortgage company.
1: Yep. I deal with like investor reporting type of stuff.
2: Oh, cool. Also, the first person we've had on who does that. I think it's so interesting to hear everybody's career paths because everyone's so different. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, Did you move to New Mexico with your fiance or move to Santa Fe with your fiance?
1: I did. Yeah, we actually moved um, after he finished his PhD program and he couldn't get a job because it was during the pandemic. Right. So the only job offer he got was in Los Alamos, New Mexico, which is a really small town. So that's why we moved
2: here. Oh, wow. Okay. And so then did you get a new job or were you working remote?
1: I was working remote for a company based out of Utah, and they were letting me work remotely until a to be determined date. So I ended up finding a new job in March
2: of this year. Okay, perfect. So and so, are you thinking what? So what is the plan, right? Because that's a big <laughs> so that's a big life change. Like before we get into the finances, I kind of want to figure out like what do you where are your heads at? Like what are you thinking?
1: So I'm planning on moving back to Utah, probably in March.
2: Okay.
1: He just needs some more time to save up and pay me for my furniture that I'm going to leave here. And then I'm probably just going to keep it half in my name until he can refinance.
2: Oh, so you purchased the place there
1: yeah we oh dear
2: you know you know to be honest I don't know I I, I know you said you've listened to a lot of the podcast I
1: uh-huh.
2: was in my opinion engaged my ex would say we were just dating but we bought an investment property in lieu of an engagement ring because I was like oh, Yeah. that sounds like such a solid idea and if it had mm-hmm. worked out it would have been great but the thing is we broke up and so then we had to get out of this investment property. So we ended up walking because we didn't close. Um, but it was like uh-huh. such a nightmare to unwind the whole thing. It actually took longer to unwind the whole thing than we were together, which is unbelievable. Okay. Oh no. So yeah, this can be a real pain. Um I actually think yeah. it, split, it gave me a real pain. So the good news is you just bought it, right? So then what are you thinking in terms of splitting it? Like how did you was it 50 you went into it or he needs to or you yep. need, okay.
1: We went into it 50-50, and we have a good relationship. We're going to stay cordial. Okay. And I know that interest rates are going to start rising probably, Mm -hmm. and we got locked in at 3%. Awesome. So it's better financially if we just keep it in both of our names so that he doesn't have to refinance and, like, try and buy me out for my half and have to pay closing costs again.
2: Right. Right. So you're you're thinking you'll keep the property and have a title 50-50, and then...
1: Mm-hmm. And then I'll move out in March, or, and then he'll find a roommate.
2: He'll find a roommate. To replace
1: my half. To mm-hmm.
2: replace your half. Okay, so you kind of think of it as like you'll basically own an investment property, and you're... Yes. Okay. And then you're going to have this all documented and drafted up. Absolutely, yes. Okay, good. Because it's fantastic, it's cordial, but just in case it's not cordial, it should all be outlined. Yeah. For the future, right?
1: Definitely want to protect myself.
2: Yes, absolutely. But I mean, I the way I would do it, which just sounds like what you're already doing, is treated as like an actual business. So you could always make it an LLC, you know, and Mm -hmm. and formalize your agreements or just have it documented. But I would definitely go down the avenue of making sure it's all above board, documented, um, so that okay. You, and I'm not an attorney, as we all know. Everyone knows. <laughs> I'm not an attorney. This is not legal advice. But just to save you some heartache down the road, I think better to get, you know, pay for an attorney, make sure everything's structured right so that you're protected, he's protected, and you don't have to deal with a problem down the road.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll
2: definitely look into that. Yeah. I And I think if you just structured as a business, like, he would just be your business partner in it. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Wow. <laughs> I know it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot i i've had we i don't know if we've had this i' I don't think we've had this scenario. I think it's great that it's cordial. It would be really, really crappy if it wasn't right yeah, yeah it, would, it, it would be really crappy and now, did you have to like were you already like involved in the wedding planning and lose anything on that, or it was just it's just the house is the biggest thing to unwind?
1: yeah we decided to buy a house first before we did any wedding planning, so no losses on wedding stuff
2: okay, good, all right, good and you did you have an investment property now with a three percent interest rate, so that's good um okay, so then so you're planning on moving back to Utah in March, and then will you are you gonna try and keep the same job or yep, I'm gonna keep my same job perfect, okay, that's fantastic. All right, so then let's go over the numbers because this will be interesting, so the goal though with the investment. Would, can we just call it the investment property? I guess. Is it- yeah. So I actually
1: have two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have great. a property in Salt Lake as well that I'm renting out, and I do have an LLC for that property. So I don't know if I can like include this one in it. So
2: but- I I own my property in an LLC. I and when I did the one with my ex, we we set up a separate LLC. Uh, okay. And once again, I'm not an attorney, but typically when you ask other real estate People, everyone does it a little differently. From the people that I've spoken to, they set up an LLC per property.
1: Uh, I got got it. Okay.
2: Yep. And then, especially with this one, you would essentially you essentially have a business partner. It would be your ex fiance. So he would have his percentage. You would have your percentage, and that would be its own LLC. Okay. So you're okay. So you have a property in Salt Lake City, and that is in an LLC, and you have that rented. Yes,
1: I bought it as a personal property, but because we moved, yep, I. Ended up renting it out instead of selling it.
2: Well, given the Salt Lake City real estate market, I think that was a great move. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay, so and so that one. Do you have any? So the intention is you'll have no overhead on the property with your fiance, right? Because the renter will cover your share. He's covering his half, and so that it's neutral. Correct. Perfect. Okay, so that's neutral. You know, bar any major property, you know, property improvements or maintenance. And then the property in Salt Lake, is that neutral as well or, or is that profit? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty much just breaking even on that property.
2: And can I ask what were the purchase prices on both?
1: Um, the purchase price for the Santa Fe home was about 363,000 and then 266,000 for the Salt Lake.
2: Perfect. Okay. So this is great. So you'll have a little real estate portfolio here.
1: Yep. That's pretty much all I have.
2: So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be talking to you. <laughs> Um, okay, so you'll have when that the one and they're both thirty-year fixed mortgages. Yeah, perfect. Okay, and then what was your mortgage rate in Salt Lake City? It's three point five. Perfect. Okay, good. Good, great, great rates. Thirty years. Okay, so then your interest in the one in Santa Fe is one hundred and eighty-one. That was approximately. So once you get these paid off, and I'm sure they the Salt Lake one has already appreciated, but just based on purchase price, you'll have about four hundred thousand in. Real estate with today's value once they're paid off. Awesome. Yeah, which is great. Sorry, four forty-seven, four forty-seven real estate. Okay, perfect. And they're neutral, so that's awesome. And then you put money down on both. Uh huh. I put
1: a very small amount on the Salt Lake home. I only put like three point five percent down. Okay. So I did have, um, I did have PMI, but I recently got it appraised
2: and I got the PMI canceled. Oh, good. What did you have it appraised at?
1: 360.
2: 360. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. 360. Okay. And so for all of our listeners, the 3.5% down is using a FHA loan?
1: Um, No, it was actually conventional. Oh, you
2: did a conventional? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How did you get the three and a half? I don't know. Good credit.
1: (laughs) I went with um, one of my friends, the loan officer for Cypress Credit Union.
2: Wow. Okay, great. So then, so without the 20% down, you had the PMI, but when you had it reappraised, your loan to value improved, meaning the value of the home versus their your equity in it. So you were able to get that removed. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So then 360 is the value and then 181. So then, yeah, it's closer to 540,000 in real estate. Fantastic. Alrighty. Okay. So then <laughs> let's talk about your budget, which I know is going to change what we can kind of I think it still makes sense to kind of go through it. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to do what you're where you currently are and what you're working towards or what you think you're going to need in Salt Lake?
1: Um, Probably what I'm currently working on because my budget has been really crazy. Like my spending has been out of control (laughs) in some areas. So I'm hoping that this month I will be able to stick to a set budget. Perfect. and increase my savings.
2: <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about it. So what are you bringing home? Do you get paid every two weeks or twice a month? Uh, twice a month. Okay, perfect. And what are those net paychecks?
1: they are eighty eight.
2: And then do you have anything taken out of it, like a 401k, health insurance? Um, I
1: do have 401k. I'm contributing 8% pre-tax. Perfect.
2: And then what is your, then, your balance in the 401k? Uh,
1: my 401k balance right now is...
2: Not very
1: much. That's 20, okay. Twenty thousand three hundred.
2: No, that's good. Twenty thousand three hundred. And is that that? Did you combine your former four hundred and one k into this one? I did. Perfect. Okay, so twenty thousand three hundred. Perfect. And then health insurance comes out of that as well. Yep. Okay, so then we're working health, health
1: insurance HSA.
2: So you're working with monthly net to you after the four hundred and one k three thousand nine hundred and seventy six dollars approximately. And yeah. Okay. And then so what are what are your expenses look like?
1: And so expenses, I'm not really sure how much my utilities are going to be, um, but I'm estimating maybe like 150 okay. for my half. Um, internet is about 2750. My phone is 45.
2: Gas. I don't really bar. drive a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> I would say like maybe 80 to a hundred dollars for like transportation stuff. Okay. That includes like my gas and insurance. Um, the half of my mortgage is 887.86. And then I have a Peloton bike that I took a loan out for and that's 36.39. And then for the membership, my half is $20.93. <laughs> I've got a life insurance policy <laughs> that I had no idea what it was exactly, but it's $54.17 a month.
2: Okay. And is that term life insurance?
1: No, it's like, it's universal.
2: Universal. Okay. And then what is it, what's the coverage amount? Like, what does it cover you for? What's the death
1: benefit? Um, it's in, the death benefit is 122000
2: You could probably do a little better. I would shop around and look at term and see what the pricing comes out with. Okay. Because the goal ultimately when we get when you get to retirement is you don't need life insurance. So if you got right life insurance for let's just say thirty years, it would bring you to age sixty two. And I think you could probably for that amount of money monthly, you could probably get like four hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars term insurance, give or okay. take. So I I would I would look at that. So I would shop that around to see if you could get more for your money. Okay, I will for sure. Okay, so we have life insurance 54, and then and any other big expenses? No, nope, I don't think I have any other big expenses. I don't have a car loan.
1: I don't have – oh, I have a credit card that has just under 3000 on it. Okay. That I just barely <laughs> wrapped up this month. Oh be- sorry, sorry. Sorry. Just- no, no <laughs> problem. Sorry.
2: Your dog was like credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so I just barely racked that up last month when I was in Utah, and then when we moved, I bought a bunch of stuff. So I wanted to ask you if I should just like pay that off right now with my very limited um, <laughs>
2: emergency fund. Yeah, so that was or gonna be I- <laughs> that. That was gonna be my next question. Okay, so I added up all your expenses that you gave me. And it works out to be mm-hmm. like 1300 not including food. So yeah. is food? what do you think for food? Food
1: is my biggest
2: expense uh-huh. and it always
1: fluctuates every single month. Like I've been tracking my spending and it's literally been anywhere from like $600 to $1,200. Okay. All
2: right. So let's like, let's throw out that we spend $1,000 on food. Cause I wouldn't, ins- that's eating out and stuff too, right?
1: Yeah, that includes yeah restaurants, alcohol. Okay,
2: perfect. Okay, so we'll throw that in for a thousand. So that brings you to we'll just say approximately twenty three hundred. So we still have wiggle room in your budget, right? Because you're bringing home thirty nine,
1: mm-hmm.
2: approximately, and you're spending about twenty three hundred, give or take. So you have sixteen hundred oh. left over.
1: Yep, and I do contribute to a Roth IRA that I just opened this summer.
2: Perfect. Okay, um, so what's going in 500. there? Five hundred. Okay, great. So then we yeah. have a thousand left over. Eleven 1, hundred left over. Perfect. I'm glad you're doing a Roth too. And then what do you have? So you just started the Roth. And what about the emergency fund? You said you have some money there?
1: I have forty five hundred in there right now.
2: All right. And we have until you're gonna move back to Utah, you're thinking in March. Yep. Okay, so we have the rest of this month. So we have we don't count March itself, we have four months. So so, and then what are you putting on the credit card? Or you just racked it up last month, so you haven't made a payment yet, right? Right. On the fence about whether you just pay it all off and then we replenish the emergency fund. So based on the numbers you gave me, it looks like you have 1100 left over a month. Mm-hmm. So you could do one of two things. You could pay the credit card off, which will bring your emergency fund down to 1500 And then mm-hmm. I would be diligent about putting 1000 back into the emergency fund over the next four months because then that will okay. add 4000 to the emergency fund and get you up to 5500 in there. Okay. So to me it's like you can pay a little bit more interest on the credit card or if you don't if you want to put 1000 on the credit card and then you'll have that done in 3 months <laughs> and then the last month you'll add to the emergency fund. So you could do either one. Whatever you think is going to be easier for you to stick with. And then you'll get the emergency fund back up. And then that way when you're yeah. about to move to Utah, you already have the Roth going you're contributing to the 401k, which is great. And I didn't ask you, do you get a match on that?
1: I get 2%.
2: Okay, perfect. So then you're at 10. Awesome. So then I think I would continue once you, I would continue while you can, once either the credit cards paid off, I would continue trying to bulk up the emergency fund a bit, especially because Mm -hmm. you have two properties. So God forbid something goes wrong. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Like something, as you know, as a homeowner, when things go wrong or go awry, they tend to be expensive.
1: Yeah, thankfully I haven't had any issues. Um, both of my properties are new, so fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, I was going to
2: say, That's amazing. Knock yeah. on wood. So yeah. I, I would keep putting the thousand dollars towards your emergency fund, and I would try and bulk that up just so that you have okay. more of a buffer. Yeah. And then, are you thinking about when you get back to Salt Lake, renting, or um, I'm probably going to stay with my parents. Okay. So. I'm not really sure if they're going to make me pay
1: rent or not, but if I do, it'll probably just be a couple hundred dollars.
2: Perfect. So I would use it as an opportunity to put towards the emergency fund. I think the more cash you can get in it, in there, the better. Okay. Especially just just me. And the main the main reason I want you to have more in there is just because you have the two homes. So yeah, it's fantastic. Nothing's happened, and hopefully nothing does, and it can all be planned mm-hmm. for and saved for in advance. But I think having more cash is just prudent, so that if you need it to do maintenance or anything on the properties, you already have cash available, so just don't have to go on a credit card. Right. And then the next question is, what's the lease for the Salt Lake property? Because I'm curious if it makes sense for you to rent and have that rented out, or if it makes sense for you to take that back over.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure what I want to do when the lease is over, <laughs> um, but it's 1750 per month is what I'm renting
2: it out at. And then, because then, if you kept your cost, pro, like similar to what you like have, I don't think it'll be exactly what you have in New Mexico. But if you kept, like, your if you were to pay rent instead, that would I think you would be wanting to be spending like thousand dollars to keep your budget similar. But okay. I don't know what the rental market is like in Salt Lake right now. Um, I
1: had a lot of interest, but it seems like, I don't know, it seems, it seems like rents are rising everywhere in Salt Lake and people are just having a hard time finding the place because people are also like selling their homes and getting kicked out.
2: Yeah. So that, that, that was something to think about. And cause I was just wondering what would be, what I think would be, what I think would be kind of a house hack, right? Is if you're Salt Lake property made a little bit of a profit because you could use that to supplement your rent mm-hmm. or, and it, it's single family, right?
1: It's not. It's a town home.
2: It's a town home. Okay. I'm just I'm just trying to think how you could use this to your advantage, right? I guess you. I what I would do if I were you is I would, I think it's great you live with your parents and you could save up, hopefully save up some more money then and bulk up your emergency mm-hmm. fund. And then that way you have really no debt, just the mortgages on the properties. And then, Emergency fund. You're doing good with the 401k, and you're doing the Roth as well, which is great. And then evaluate whether it makes sense to move back into that property, you know, and live there yourself, or if it makes sense, you know, to rent because it actually keeps your budget lower.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I even want to stay in Utah.
2: <laughs> yeah, your so gonna... life will take me. <laughs> yeah, so I think maybe if you're not sure what you want to do, if you can. Stay with your parents while you like reevaluate what you want to do, because obviously this is a big life change, you know, that Uh that you're going through. And then you can use that opportunity to kind of just take advantage of the fact that you have lower housing costs and save more. And then that way you can decide what you want to do when you feel ready to make that decision, whether that's stay in Utah or just use that as an investment property and move somewhere else. Okay. But I think it's great that you have the real estate. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that worked out great. I'm sorry that the engagement didn't work out, but I think that at least now you'll have an, it's great that you're on good terms and you'll have an investment property. And then the other thing you can do too is if you get a raise with work, you can split that with yourself. So keep bumping up the 401k that way.
1: Right. Yeah, I definitely want to get to a point where I can try and um, max out my
2: contributions. since I feel like I'm behind. Yeah, well, I don't think you're behind because like, t- cause you have the two properties, you know? So you did yeah. more real estate. And if you hear any of the real estate people, they always sell like only real estate and not investments. So you're just, you have two horses in the race, right? You have the real estate, you have the investments, and then you have your regular, more traditional retirement. So I wouldn't feel behind. You're just, your path is just a little different, which is, some, you know, the real, real estate people sometimes only do real estate. They don't even get involved in the market because that's its own. That's true. Yeah. That's its own investment strategy. So, and you have great low rates and they're neutralized. So I think just make sure the one with your X is going to be structured properly so that you're protected. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, I would, and once you, you know, the thing is you could always up, up your 401k contribution after you bulk up your emergency fund and get the credit card paid off. You could then cut, you know, at a certain point you'll get that I I would think your emergency fund needs to be closer to fifteen thousand. Okay. The, the reason being just the way I would look at it is then you have a bucket of money, five thousand for each property and then five thousand for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that and I would always be saving in the emergency fund because then that way if there needs to be a new hot water heater or you want to do a property improvement, you have cash always available. Right. It's a very conservative take on it, but I think it's, I think when you own a home, it's important to have the home should have, I like to call it like, if you think of it, as like, it's own little emergency fund. There's always cash available for whatever comes up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I would, I would target that amount. And then once you reach that amount, I think you can tone down how much you're putting in there and you can, like, you know, your, your property's like, is there going to need to be a roof in a certain point? Or are you going to need to repaint when a tenant moves out? You can figure out exactly where you think anticipate what the expenses might be down the road and figure out like, okay, for this property, I'm going to save 200 a month. For this one, I'm going to save 300, whatever the number is. And then the difference could go into the 401k. Okay. Cool. I'm just taking notes now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, how I, that's how I would do it. I always, and as I said, I'm conservative, but I always put away money monthly for, the, for each of my properties, just so that when this stuff does come up, I already have the money yeah I there. definitely
1: need to be better about that about creating like buckets of money for <laughs> different things
2: yeah well and the nice thing is like if you don't need it it's still there and it's not really you know some people will say well it's not earning anything which it's not but it mm-hmm. to me it prevents a future problem like it prevents me having to ever use a credit card to pay for something so like if the refrigerator right. were to break then I already have cash ready to go to take care of that and then I just just constantly keep saving for the, the house to me. And I've had bad luck, very bad luck with some of the expenses. Um uh-huh. Even I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Um and So like statistically that doesn't happen based on like with the people I've interviewed on the podcast, but it was like nice knowing I didn't have all the cash for that sewage because that sewage thing was like ridiculously expensive, but then at least I had the bulk yeah. of it ready to go. And then I just replenish the fund and then, you know, hopefully nothing else happens.
1: Okay. That sounds great. So if I save like a thousand a month, <laughs> it's going to probably take a while to get to that 15,000, but totally doable.
2: Totally doable. And also remember if you do, when you move in with your parents, if you don't have to spend, you know, almost 900 on rent, that you uh, can yes. get to that number a You can get to that number a lot faster. Right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So I think you're, I think we're in a good spot. I'm sorry that this is so tumultuous. I can't imagine.
1: (laughs) It's okay. It could definitely be worse. So I'm glad that we're on good terms and we have a plan ish. (laughs) And yeah, it'll be fine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It can 100% always be worse. We did, I think, really early on, we did an episode with a woman. I think she had most of the wedding paid for on a credit card and then they broke up or he didn't show up oh, or something. No. Yeah. It was, so she was like carrying around a bunch of debt from this like wedding that didn't happen for a while.
0: It's oh,
2: yeah. awful. Yeah. Which is awful. So you ended up with an investment property, which is great. So yeah, well. Yeah, I just went a different route. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any other questions?
1: Um. No, I think you basically covered everything. I had written down, um, I'll definitely look into term insurance because I've had this universal policy for like seven years and I never really looked into other options until I started listening to your podcast and heard you talking about term. So I definitely
2: will do that. Yeah, I, I'm and, a big proponent of term. I mean, you have, you can, you know, everyone has a different need for insurance, but if you think you want to have the most coverage with the least amount of money that you're going to spend monthly... I would definitely look at that and just Mm -hmm. compare the two or what they're, what each policy is going to offer you versus what you need and then figure out what, what needs fit you best. Okay, great. Well, perfect. Well, Veronica, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram, future rich podcast for our most up-to-date information. And you can check out our online classes in partnership with SUNY Ulster at www.futurerichpodcast.com.